Hey guys, welcome back to the Rack and Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and we're here at the AMC Theater in Plymouth Meeting to see Blinded by the Light this week. John, I want to know, are you a fan of Bruce Springsteen? So, uh, my Bruce Springsteen experience is very strange. Uh, not particularly, yeah. but I dated a girl in college before <laughs> I dated my wife. Yeah. Um, who loved Bruce Springsteen with, with a passion far beyond anything I could ever muster. So I have a lot of experience with Bruce Springsteen. As in you were forced to listen to Bruce Springsteen uh, And often. look at pictures of his behind on a regularity you wouldn't believe. Wow. Uh, I have not listened to a ton of Bruce Springsteen, so I am interested to see if this film makes me want to listen to him and his music. Well, you know, what's interesting to me is this is the same director of uh, Bend It Like Beckham. Right. And I could care less about soccer, and yeah. I like that film. So I'm hoping <laughs> well, it'll pay we'll off see. here. Well, listeners, we're going to go in, and we'll be back with you in just a minute. I want to be a writer, but my family is stuck in another century. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Make a wish, better. Kiss a girl and get out of this dump. Bruce, the direct line to all this true in this shitty world. Seriously, what does he know about our world? You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Oh, I almost put my seatbelt on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my gig. Gotta, gotta have it. Um, There's a lot of emotional range in that movie. They did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Did you yeah. like it? Um, I did like it, actually. I don't know if I loved it. I liked yeah. it. I liked it. Uh, and I'll, we'll, I think we'll talk about uh -huh. why as we go through it. Mm -hmm. um, when we get to the rating, it's going to be interesting where my sort of head falls. Yeah, I'm. Um, in the, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, yeah. So let's say first of all, spoilers. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but we're going to spoil the movie. So we saw Blinded by the Light. So if you haven't seen it <laughs> and you don't want to be spoiled, you should make sure you go and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. see the movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was nice to see a movie about Pakistani family that you don't ever really see Pakistanis in. American films, so no, it's certainly not in a movie that um, is is really letting them be the center of the story. Yeah, right. They're always side characters, right? So it was good. I mean, a couple weeks ago we got Chinese culture with the farewell. And now we're getting some Pakistani culture with Blinded by the Light. It's nice to see this um, diversity. Yeah, and British culture. To, I mean, there's British a lot culture, of British right. culture in this. Yeah. Oh, I thought. Yeah. You know. Yeah, 80s British culture. 80s British culture, right? Yeah, Very specific. Yeah, um, yeah. And you were alive in the 80s. I was not. Was yeah. any of that nostalgic for Re you? Well, when you say nostalgic, I, I <laughs> under, uh, reminiscent. Reminiscent. Yeah. yeah. The 80s are a weird period, uh -huh. right? Um, there's music they were listening to that I knew, right? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, and certainly the culture was a culture that's there and interesting. Yeah, but I don't know if I felt nostalgic. Did you like much. the '80s? Did you like '80s music? Did you like? Um, what did I, you... I was a punk guy, right? So uh -huh. I liked yeah, the yeah, yeah. the punk that sort of grew from that period, but right. I didn't like the new wave stuff. So like, uh -huh. synth they, was not the future right, for you. That was not for me. It was the much more screamy, yelling, angry stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. What did you enjoy most about the film? So what's really interesting to me. It's so difficult because the thing I enjoyed the most was sometimes the thing that bothered me the most. Really? So what was it? So 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 let me hear what you enjoy the most. Most. Um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint because there's there was so much that happened. I think I liked. I think I just liked the general character of the story, like the, just the main character, um, and just his relationship with everybody in his life. It felt very 
uh, I don't know what the right word would be for this, but uh, there was a lot of complexity to it. His relationship with Eliza, his relationship with Roops, his relationship with Matt and his parents, and his, specifically his dad. Um, and I just the message of following your dreams and doing what it like. Just his dad bothered the hell out of me. Holy cow! Like oh yeah, yeah. That and, was, and, and they we'll they wrote him that. so yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it is one of those things where you just you really don't like the guy at all. And then towards the end, you you like him more. But I'm still like the damage you did in the ninety percent of this movie. I still like, <laughs> I don't know if I like you at the end enough to yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I do. I do. Yeah. It's I mean it's the whole. It, he's a great actor because I really hated his dad. It's the whole Joffrey thing, right? In Game of Thrones, where yeah. you're like. This guy's probably a sweet guy in real life, but man, I hate him. I hate him in the show. Well, in every single thing that he does, in yeah. certainly the first three quarters of this film, if not first ninety percent of this film, yeah. is they're very specific, awful things. Yep. But there's no cruelty, right? Like overt cruelty. Mm-hmm. He doesn't beat his kids. He doesn't. None of that stuff right, happens. Right. And so all of it is so methodical. Yeah. And I think that's part of why that happens. Is yeah. you really don't like him. Because he consistently behaves in a way that, for a person like you or me, is mm. just not okay. It's just opposite to our culture, right? Because yeah. we don't, and they've mentioned they mentioned that, like even just British culture is like, if you're white, <laughs> you're gonna move away from home and do whatever you want to do and go after the job you want to, you know, go after. But in Pakistani culture or in uh, just that Eastern culture in general, like it's. We talked about it a little bit in the farewell. It's a collectivist society. It's it's not about you. It's not around you. But funnily enough, and funnily is a strange word, but yep. funnily <laughs> enough, um, I would say almost any immigrant culture coming out of their original culture has that same fear. Yeah. I know that the Italian, uh, not necessarily my side of the family, but my wife's side of the family, mm-hmm. was very clear about the desire for you to right. respect your parents and right. whatever. And I know that same thing. Um, takes place in other cultures that are that are coming here. The Mexican culture right now. Right. The, sure. I have yeah. you know students who struggle with whether they're going to separate from their parents and go off and do their dreams or not. And so I think there's something about that first generation immigrant culture. Right. But I think it's even more significant in a culture that has the restrictive social mores that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah. So I mean, I could go in on another story. I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was. Um, I don't know, it just connected with me a little bit. Not that my, my dad was like, you're gonna do what I say you're gonna do. Like, he definitely pushed me for college and this sort of thing, and pushed me in a certain direction, and I am who I am today because of the route that he's right. he's pushed me. And so, like, that connected me a lot in here. Not that he was, like, uh, Javed's dad or anything well, like when, that. Well, in the 80s, my grandfather took me in the basement and told me I should become a dentist because <laughs> there was nothing to be made of literature and philosophy and uh, filmmaking. There was no practical That's reason so to do funny. that. That's yeah, it... so funny. So, like, that, it's there, but right? And I wouldn't say my grandfather was a bad man, but the social mores really push it over the edge. Well, your grandfather, who was... Um... Who, who shot photos and... Oh, yeah, right? he did all yeah, that he, like, stuff. Yeah, he did yeah. all of it. So... But he still worked for the family. Yeah. So, hmm. um, so... So let me say this thing. So the thing I liked the most yeah. were often the use of the music. Mm-hmm. It was also the thing that I often disliked the most. That as it was a crutch to the film? Is no, that how you I felt, felt like or? times it, it I felt like times it was a home run. Uh-huh. I felt like times it was a foul ball. Not a miss. Just slightly off the mark or uh-huh. too much on the uh-huh. nose. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, right, right. Uh, but you know, the I, I, at the end, I asked us to stay because I wanted to make sure that I had in my head the song that I wanted to, yeah. to reference. And Thunder Road, in particular, I thought was when the movie opened up. That's the song when he's selling the clothes and he sings to his girl. And mm -hmm. I, I thought the movie opened up. I thought it sang yeah. at that moment. Yeah. It, I mean, he was singing, but I, I thought that was <laughs> a spectacular. Yeah. Um, use of the music. Yeah, I did dramatically. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I thought the the day dance party was mm -hmm. spectacular. Mm -hmm. Both the integration of his music and the music of um, Springsteen uh, and the, his own culture. That scene that scene felt very important to me that he wasn't abandoning his own culture. Right? I, I think it's really right. I think it's a really yeah. right choice. Um, and then uh, there was uh, I, oh, and Jungle Land, the song that they played underneath the uh, the Nazi march and right. um, his getting the. Uh, tickets and all of that that business I thought those were really superior yeah um, I thought the the joyous nature of the baby we were born to run run away from school thing was mm -hmm. spectacular and yet there were times where I was like woof I'm just not sure um, so that yeah that was a thing where I, I loved it and then also yeah I, I, I mean this is a this is kind of a weird movie because we don't really I don't I feel like we don't see movies like this mm -hmm. where they're really based on a personal experience and someone's music and someone's lyrics, right? You see a lot of music films that rely on, um, like, song and dance, and they're singing the songs to express their emotion um, rather than relying on the music they're listening to to, right. to carry, to tell the audience what they're feeling. It's kind of, it's kind of different, uh, especially with the lyrics flashing on the screen. I did like, uh, from a cinematography standpoint, uh, that whole storm scene. Oh yeah, that's a, um, and the projection. The fact that they were using yeah, real actual real actual projection right to, to project onto the character onto the onto the walls. I thought that was a really Super really smart. great. Yeah, and, really and, great. and obviously a real technical job. Uh huh. Yeah. They're, you know they're creating a storm. Right. And and it has and and the projection has to line up with the music and like everything just needs to be like 100 percent on because if it's off a little bit it's gonna feel weird yeah um, that, that was really that a, was, a, was mean, great. as craft goes that mm -hmm. was a lot of the really yeah. high quality craft uh what did you really not like uh so i'm gonna say there did really did not like i'm not sure i, I mean i think the end was a little easy uh-huh uh, i feel like when people give a speech on stage at the end and the climax it's just the writer saying, I don't know how to end this film. Well, and I think that that may be true. I mean, it's from a, a I mean, it's from a, a book, right? Like there's yeah. source material for this. Yeah. So I'm wondering if somehow that book doesn't have a right. simple enough ending. If we have one more car alarm go off in this <laughs> parking lot. Um, so, so I'm not sure what that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know what I think the, we may talk yeah. about that if we can listen. I know there's an interview on Empire right. with the director. We may hear about what that is. Um, uh, so the, the end may have been a little simple and safe for me. Yeah. The, um, but I want to say that from a cinematography perspective, it was very simple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The, it felt like 80s filmmaking sometimes mm -hmm. in a way. that. It, yeah, it felt very indie. It felt lo almost low, like low budget. Um, not consistent in its style. Yeah. But that isn't necessarily but a bad it, thing. It, but it did feel like... Pretty much someone with a shoulder rig, just yeah, yeah, yeah. just shooting, shot reverse shot for the most, and then and then it went into 
very specific shots for specific things, for specific reasons. The one that comes to mind is the time-lapse zoom-in when he's sitting, sulking in his seat no, yeah, after his, his father has pretty much shot him down. Yeah, uh, and another beautiful sequence, uh -huh. right? Like a really, really well-done yeah. bit of film. Yeah, and it, it's, that must have taken a while to shoot because that thing sped up pretty quick, and oh, it's yeah. a long shot. When he sat yeah. pretty freaking still yeah for that, for that long <laughs> yeah. sequence so i like that was a shot that i really loved um and there's i mean there was just there was a bunch of shots i really liked but they they relied a lot on long lenses yeah, that, that's what i want to say right yeah let's really uh distort the background a little bit yeah. um compress the background um and isolate these characters in the moment which a lot of the times they are isolated themselves either within uh, a piece of music or within a relationship. It happened a lot with Javed and Eliza um, together. And uh, yeah, absolutely. That's why, yeah, I was like, we're really just isolating them in this in this moment. And it, it they were on like, had to be 200 millimeter plus focal lengths for those shots. So I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that aspect of the cinematography, but yes, yeah, it was very simple. It was simple, that's what I'd say. And so I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's bad mm -hmm. and that it's the thing I disliked the most. It was just the thing I noticed about the filmmaking. Yeah. That it wasn't it was it wasn't overwrought. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. But when I look at the last sequence of him driving away, yeah. We go from this these like really tight close up, right? Right. right. Uh we to this ridiculously zoomed shot of the car driving away. Yeah. And so stylistically it was all over the place with that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a fault. You're right, right. But it's a quality. Of it, yeah. Um, and when we got to music, whenever there was music, the the cinematography went through the roof. Like they right. really explored. They amped stuff. it up for those. What would be if it was a musical? Those musical scenes where right. you just find like, oh, the cameras. It's become surreal. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, let's talk costume design for a minute. Okay. Uh, I loved, you know, and it was it was subtle enough for me when he switched back to like you know he's he's slowly becoming more bruce right, right throughout the entire film and then all of a sudden he drops off and cuts back to uh non-bruce right. javed but i didn't catch it like at first i didn't catch it when he's sulking in his seat until i realized oh he's back in his oversized yeah. sweater and the denim he's wearing is not probably not real denim and it looks like yep. different right and so he's completely switched back and i didn't catch that first because they so gradually had him become more Bruce-like throughout the costume change. Right, yeah. That when it cuts off, you don't realize it, and then you suddenly, at least for me, I suddenly was like, oh, he's com he's completely, like the costume is telling you everything. Um, what did you like? Did you like the costuming? Yeah, I thought the costuming was great across the board, and I thought the use of the Pakistani clothing uh -huh. versus the British clothing yeah. as a signifier was really great too. You know, the, um, the politics of the world that they're in yeah. is a politics of trying to destroy your ethnicity to some extent right. um, and uh, abandon that and watching the father even right. in his suit, which is not particularly well-fitting and then right. in the beautiful outfit he had in for the wedding. Yeah. I thought there was some really interesting things. The fact that she's making clothes, right. really interesting. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, the clothing really signifies your identity in yeah. this film, right? Uh, and so whatever you're wearing is really going to, 
Yeah, I mean what's, a lot. What's what I like about um, what's the, what's his friend's name? Not Matt. The other uh, guy. Uh, Roops. Roops. Yeah. Uh, Roops with the headpiece he's uh -huh. wearing, which he maintains. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he maintains that ethnicity, mm -hmm. but his costume for sure changes. Right. Uh, his clothing changes, and he's so bold with it. Yeah. I mean, what a great side character! Like, what yeah. oh, a yeah. great sidekick character. A lot of energy. Yeah. Fun to watch. You like you? I really enjoyed whenever he was on screen. Yeah. And from the beginning, you know, he looks like he's going to be the thug, right? right? That's that first tease they yeah. give us, and he turns into something quite different. Right. Inspired by music, which I think is mm -hmm. something this movie is really talking about. Yeah. It was nice that um, he Javed had to rely on somebody from his own culture to give him. Uh, a way out of his culture right. only to then allow it for him to come back into his culture in a different in a different way right like this very roundabout yep. roundabout way and it's just the whole like you open up yourself to new cultures and it's you're gonna you're gonna take a lot in you're gonna leave a lot out and you're just gonna become a better person the more you experience life wherever you know across the across the globe so wouldn't it be easy to see this as a movie of like white domination of the Pakistani experience right. and so by having and it really does happen right but by uh -huh, having yeah. the Pakistani character be the one who gives that entree right we don't feel like Bruce Springsteen's white Americanness is oppressing yes this yeah, character yeah, yeah. in any way it's empowering yeah. and he's all it's all about empowerment right um, which is I thought really I mean I thought yeah. that was really well done everything really connected really really well him being a writer and wanting to and, and connecting with the words that Bruce's writing and singing about it. There's just all of these pieces merging together very, very well, I thought. Um, and the outcome, I thought, was the uh, was great. Other than I just, I was like, I, I just felt like a cop-out with the whole speech thing. Like, yeah, you're yeah. giving a speech, and then your parents walk in. I feel like I've seen that before. A, a lot. You've you know? seen it many, so, many times. The performance that gets watched, and yeah. the moment with the girl at the end, and the, yeah. the hug, and Atwell's attaboy. Like, th that's why I say the end felt really... Real safe. Yeah, real safe and real simple. But not that I needed a tragedy. Um, no, it would have just been nice to be surprised with a different resolution yeah. somehow. And I don't know what that resolution would have been. Coming to that resolution in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, let me think. Uh, oh, I want to say a political thing about the movie as a, as a metaphor. Uh -huh. And I don't yeah. know whether this is true or not. But I, and I know you don't necessarily, you didn't grow up with Thatcher and Reagan, no, right? right. But there's, uh, there's a lot of what we see on the screen that is representative of what might be considered like proto-fascism, right? Right. And whether it's the authoritarian rule of someone like uh, Reagan or uh, Thatcher, right. or it's the, um, you know, the racist thugs in the street, which is terrifyingly relevant uh, uh, yes. today. I mean, that yeah. scene was really scary. That whole movie like felt very... Felt very grounded, today, right? at least for the U.S. today, right? But I think there's a metaphor to be said for the father as the patriarch of the country, mm -hmm. and there's a metaphor about that family too, right. with certain people living within the bounds of the family, and you know him and the wife being like the nation, mm -hmm. and the nation loves the leader and yet is betrayed by that leader and right. calls out that leader about its real identity like what it means to be a family right i, th I love that the mother stood up mm. to the father yeah uh, finally i love that literature words were the thing that were transformative but i felt like there was a nice metaphor there and i don't know whether or not that's intentional yeah but but it sang to me it mirrored it mirrored each other pretty right well, the right? family really right. did a nice job mirroring the experience of 
the state that they were living right, in. Right, the, the whole political, um, yes, yeah. You, you get what I mean? I, yeah, I think I get what you mean, yeah. You know, like, yeah. get, like you have to be a Pakistani, you're not yeah. a British person. Right. Is what those guys in the street are saying, too. Right. You yeah. know, it's what the government's saying, you yeah. know, go home, it's what we're hearing today. So, right. you know, there's something about that that I thought was interesting, and, I, and I'm sure the filmmaker is sensitive to that, like, I'm sure that's there. Right. But I wonder if the metaphor was was as clear as it may have appeared. And I yeah, hope it was, but I don't yeah. know. It was it was clever. I, I didn't pick up on it, but that's a, I mean that's a good. Yeah, I mean yeah, my literature head point. grabs. Oh, that. for sure. So, yeah, you're um, way more intellectual than I. No, I'm way more literary. Maybe. That, uh, uh, yeah. You know, um, and, and that that may be it. So um, uh, we're we're down to uh, getting near the end of our time in the car. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Um, uh, let's see. Well, one of the things we always complain about is story. So how do you think the story broke in this? As far as like structure goes, yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was all right. I didn't feel like at any point. I think I checked my watch once, okay. but only because I didn't know how long the movie was, right. um, and I was actually wondering what time, it, time it was. But um, yeah, I thought the pacing was okay. I didn't feel like it, I ever was like, I'm bored. Like this movie needs to speed up, or this is going too fast and needs to slow down. I thought the um, roller coaster they kind of took you on of emotion and connection with uh, Javed was um, pr uh, pretty steady, to be honest. Um, I like that they, yeah, they threw a twist because in the trailer, I, you see him coming to America, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, why? How is he, how does he get here? They're complaining about money. They don't have the money. Right. How the heck does he get here? So I love the fact that he won a contest. Um, I kind of wanted more to happen in America, but at the same time, it wouldn't have made sense for that to happen. It wasn't about America and the opportunity and all of that stuff. It was a, it's just about experiencing another part of life and realizing that Bruce was actually very similar to them. That's right. But it, it's different. Like it, at the same time, so it's everybody starts from somewhere in the same, you know, Luton is Asbury Park to them, right? Yeah. It's, it's this Well, and it's a working image. man community, yeah. right? Like, it's this thing, this hard place yeah. to be. They've heard Bruce sing, but now they get to physically see where he's come yeah, from. Yeah, there's something special. Yeah. I mean, there is something special about that, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the trip to America is charming, and it is pretty abbreviated. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the movie's definitely about this kid's life. Yeah. Um, and I thought his acting job was really pretty spectacular. I did realize his acting was great when he started crying in the speech at the yeah. at the end like tears just started falling i was like wow that it was a subtle it wasn't like he forced himself to cry right. you know it was a subtle uh kind of movement and that, that first transition for me it's 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 the first time after he's listened to springsteen and we see him right after that mm -hmm. the transformation from the scenes before springsteen yes with the with matt yeah what really significant mm -hmm. how about the love story um i didn't feel like it was too shoved down my throat yeah, i thought i thought it was nice i liked that they didn't end the entire movie with like a kiss or something like that, that would have been annoying like uh i thought it was great i thought it was good yeah it's good that's yeah, great the more i talk about the movie i think the more i like the movie I, I, and, I, and i think i feel the same way it's interesting when you're what, what I, this is a thing you said at the beginning right um so how important were seeing the bruce springsteen lyrics to your understanding of the film I have a hard time understanding Bruce when he sings, yeah. so it was vital. It, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I have a really, like, he feels like he mumbles a little bit. I feel like he mumbles when he sings, and just the mixture of his voice with the music, it just doesn't stand out enough, so I think that the, 
the lyrics coming up on screen were really necessary because, and they didn't sometimes play the full lyric. They would just bring out words like, and they they might be like every other word, like just keywords because you can fill in the gaps. Right. Uh, but it was, it was, and he kept switching songs like when he, when he was right. first taking that transformation, right, and listening to the uh, to the cassette. Um, he would listen to the song and then he would switch to the next song because he's like, right, I, need, I need fast I need, forward or something. Right, because right. he needed to know what the next thing was. Like, are all of these this good? And uh, they seemed to start at the perfect timing and wherever the, right. that it was happening, right? But um, I thought they were great. I was, I, it would have been weird, I think, without the lyrics coming on screen. It would, I think it would have been really challenging uh -huh. to get the point of yeah. what was being done. Uh, the songs, I think, were picked really deliberately. It just oh, feels. Sure so deliberate my only complaint with the songs is that they cycled uh i feel like they cycled a little bit too much you know what i mean like he, we, we heard a couple of songs a couple uh -huh. of times yes yeah yeah like he kept referring to very specific songs multiple times and that just may be because well bruce collection isn't like that but, but it uh, is but it is but it's but like the songs that are relating to him are right. maybe only this collection right yeah and, it, we, and you know i feel like we have a filmmaker and you know uh or the guy who originally wrote the story mm -hmm. who loves springsteen in a way that may require them to loop those songs they, right. they may these songs may be meaningful to them right you know independently and, and that may be part of it i don't i don't know yeah I, right. but i, I agree no, with you and, and there were times where they were saying the lyric and i'd be like oh we heard that earlier yeah yeah. yeah, things came around again, right? Like there, it was the same struggle he dealt with the entire movie, so it would make sense that he would refer back to the same mm. song the first time he kind of gathered the strength based on these lyrics. He's got, obviously he's going to do it again, so I can't blame him that bad for recycling. Uh, I'm just glad they didn't rely on his music 100 percent to yeah. drive story because that would have been the issue. I'm going to hit this so that it hit doesn't it. Yep. ring on us. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, the more we talk about it, the more I like it. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things um, about watching this in relationship to watching something like The Farewell, which we just watched, right. is this doesn't have that scale, right? Yeah. It's a very small family story Yeah. with family at the forefront and right. culture in the background. Right. And The Farewell, I think, was the opposite. And, and so that may be part of that distancing. Yeah. Um, it's a, and it is definitively shot like an indie film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it, there's no special camera techniques. It feels like it's just, we're just going to shoot a movie. We're going to go out and we're going to shoot and that's, that's it. That's what yeah, we're going to do. And, so. uh, and, tell, and tell a good story. Yeah. Um, but then we would see music and it would go off right. the hook like that. So the planning was, the execution for the planning was well done. Mm -hmm. The the shot planning was obviously very deliberate, um, but at at times it did feel very candid and yeah. like we're just following this guy around, right? So, well, that's the thing I wanted to say. They yeah. put Javid at the center of shot all, all the, the time, time. Mm -hmm. and I think that that like was center framed. Yeah, really center framed. Those mm -hmm. were tight close ups, often with what looked like they were the, very tight. The, you know, wide lens. Like it looked yeah. like that. You know, he's getting slightly distorted right. in the image. He really did fill that frame, and yeah. there's something about that reminding us it's his story. It's yeah. his story. It's his story. It's yeah, his it's about story. him. That's and, it. And I loved his neighbor. That who I thought was going to be a problem. Oh, in the beginning. so well done. Yeah. So well teased. Yeah. Um, and to come out and sort of step by step become a important figure in this kid's development yeah. was I thought really well done, and it yeah. says something about it's not just about young people. 
Right. You know, uh, and I thought that was really good. I thought that was well done. Yeah. So. Uh, would you recommend this movie, and what would you rate it? Yeah, so I would recommend it for sure. My recommendation is super hard. I feel like I'm going to have a completely different recommendation when we get back together. Mm. Uh, um, so, like, my gut feeling right now is something in the seven range. Okay. Okay? But I, I just have this feeling that over the next two days, with it sitting in my head and those lyrics starting to revisit, that I'm going to raise it up. Okay, yeah. I am also throwing it in the seven range. I was going to say six and a half to seven, but six and a half feels too low. But then seven also feels too low sometimes. It, so it does. It's weird. It's 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 around a seven for me. Like it's a good film. Um, I think this film's going to speak to certain people more than others, just based on the content and the music and that sort of thing. But I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I, I'd recommend it too. And I would I I would recommend ultimately close of the music sequences at the see in the theater. Theaters. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean seeing that storm sequence. Yeah, for seeing sure. Seeing that dance at the, yeah. the just to get the full shot. experience of yeah. the music and the shots and everything. Yeah, seat in theaters. So, uh, cool. All right. So we'll start the car. We'll take off. We'll yes. do some research. Start the uh, car. We, yeah. Okay. You do have keys. Start my Prius. All right. Here we go. Oh, we are nice. Very nice. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. We're here uh, for the second half of the Blinded by the Light content. It's been a few days and we've had some time to reflect, watch some other movies. And And what we're going to try and do is alter the second half to make it a little more structured. So we're going to have some new bullet points we're working through, some agenda items. We hope you'll stick through the whole process and give us some feedback on how this flows for you as a viewer. Yeah, cool. Well, the first thing on our list is to read some reviews, reply to those those reviews, and 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 decide on whether we agree or disagree. Do you want to start? You want me to start with my review? Why, what do why you... don't you start? Great. I'm gonna pull mine up. Great. I screen capped a few reviews here. Uh, the first one is from a critic. All right, this is from James Berardinelli from Real Views. Never heard of that site, but. Uh, he says that Blinded by the Light is a, a one-third Bruce Springsteen hagiography. Hagiography? How okay. do you say that word? Well, what I is that? Know. I don't even know what that means. To me. I have to look that up. Uh, one-third kitschy 80s recreation uh, yeah, there you go. and one-third feel-good father-son coming together. Surprisingly, however, it works. Uh, I agree with that to an extent, I think. Um, I'm going to come back to what I think on that after I read these other, uh, these other reviews here real quick. Um, this second one is from a audience member, uh, who gave it two stars out of five. The first one was a three out of four. Okay. Two out of five from Dan C. And I'm just going to read a little uh, sentence from here. He says the plot takes frequent minute long breaks to just watch the main character and or his friends sing along with a Springsteen song while the lyrics dance around the screen. Um, I really disagree with his, uh, (laughs) Because I think for the audience, we feel the music come alive in the same way that Javed feels the music come alive, like within him, right? And so that's, to me, that was the motivation for having these uh, these words show up on screen and for them to have this surreal uh, musical moment, right? This is a- actively making them feel alive within within their boring it's it's as if this movie was grayscale and then it was all of a sudden in color right because they've had some uh outside force that's propelled them to joy or whatever they're feeling right uh so i think that i really disagree with with dan c here i think he's missed the reason that that exists um it's not supposed to be this 
super real. Like he's feeling, he's seeing the words come alive to him. Uh, well, that's one of the challenges of someone who's going to see a movie that is taking some risks with its style in places, mm-hmm. but isn't completely consistent in that style. Right? Yeah, right. And as a result, the of the audience member isn't sure what to make a, of that. And yeah. that may be, it's not really a failing of the film, but it certainly is part of what that experience is right. probably about. Right, right. And the, a lot of the, the issues I've seen that people have had problems with is, I don't like the the uh, the lyrics coming up on screen. It just feels, I don't like the dance numbers or the lyrics coming on screen. Those are the two biggest complaints I've seen as I've read some reviews. Uh, and I just disagree with their reasoning for not liking it. Like, I understand not liking it, but I just disagree for their reasons of why. Well, they cannot like it, but that's not a judgment against the quality of the film. The, mm. Those parts are integral to exactly. the film. And maybe, yeah. maybe ultimately they make the rest of the film stronger. Exactly. Uh, replying to uh, James from the uh, from Real Views, um, he breaks this movie into thirds. Um, I don't think this movie at all is about Bruce Springsteen. I wrote down, just so I didn't fumble this, I said, Blinded by the Light is not a movie about Bruce Springsteen's music. Instead, it's a journey of self-discovery, acceptance, and how words create a severe impact, whether written, spoken, or sung. How Do you do you agree with my review on that, that so, brief So sentence? I think that's really an interesting thing to say. And I think absolutely, uh, Springsteen is the foundation of a way of living. Right. And those songs are creating that foundation. Look, we don't see his entire discography. We hear right. certain words pil- pulled out from those individual songs. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I heard an interview on Empire with the director of the movie, and she was very deliberative in the songs she chose yeah. and the fact she wasn't going to do damage to those songs. Right. They had the entire discography for almost nothing at their disposal right. when they were an indie film. Yeah. So these are all choices, and that means the choices are serving the script. And the original script she talked about being written by the guy whose story it is. Right, Safra's, journalist, yeah. right? Yeah. And that that needed to be fixed into a three-act structure and the songs sure. needed to fit. And that's telling me that it isn't about Springsteen. It's about this kid's it's about, life. It's about his life. Mm-hmm. This is this is truly just a coming-of-age film um, about Javed. And uh, I was listening to the same Empire podcast that you listened to. Uh, and I remember, I don't know if it was actually in this podcast or if it was in a YouTube video that I watched with an interview with her. But she said that uh, she thought of Bruce's music as if it were f- specifically written for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than writing around his music, they just plugged in the bits that fit the moments, as if Bruce wrote those wrote those lyrics. As if he was for, scoring the movie. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Which changes the way you interact with mm-hmm. with the music. Yeah, and that and it gives you some freedom. And for a person like like certainly her, mm-hmm. for a person uh, who loves Springsteen, yeah. it's not nice to slice his songs up. But you make those choices right. and you're serving the plot. So I think that that's, right. I, I don't think it's about Springsteen at all. I think that the closing credits are a little bit about Springsteen. You know, those photos at the end are the gift to that, perhaps. But that's it's, it. It's the, it's the, you know, this is a true story. We have to show you that this is actually a, uh, a, well, a real life journey, you know? When the movie has this underlying anti fascist tone, right? Like this underlying mm-hmm. anti racism tone, those are not things that are in Bruce's songs as in the forefront. They're part of the Mm -hmm. general structure of what Springsteen's dealing with in his relationship with America and with poverty and with the working class. Right. But he's not talking about what it means to be Pakistani in England in any way. He's talking about what it means to be a human being of Pakistani descent in a culture that isn't Pakistani. Like that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the music's a framework. Right. His words, his lyrics... um, can either be taken at surface level or they, they can really be taken on a deeper meaning, right? Like I think they were saying Born to Run is not, or uh, um, it was maybe it was another song. 
wasn't about being American. It was about the issues with the Vietnam War and no, the veterans, right? right? right. So right. you That's, can take uh, this, born in the USA. Yes, right. Born right. in the USA. Um, you know, they can be taken two different ways, uh, depending on how you're reading into the into the lyrics. Right, so exactly. Uh, I go ahead with whatever you have if you want to do a so, review. Or, yeah, I want to do a quick yeah. review, um, and it's uh, from the Guardian. Uh, cool. It's, uh, and I'm just going to read a few mm-hmm. lines from it. Um, and it's interesting because you you just watched one of the songs it's going to reference. So, mm. uh, inevitable comparisons to both Bend It Like Beckham and the previous Sundance breakout, Sing Street, mm. do the film no favors. The infectious charm never truly arrives. There's mm. something so constructed and suffocating about watching a tired and tested formula not working. The over-sentimental strings pulling on show for me to see. It's all too easy to give a pass to a film such as this given right, its right. earnest intentions, but wanting us to feel good is very different than actually making us feel good. And no amount of blaring Springsteen songs can decide the fact that this is a misfire. Hmm. I mean, it's a hard review from The Guardian. That's rough. I picked The Guardian because I wanted to hear a British view, right? right. One of the things uh, I've heard is the audiences in America are different than the audiences in Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, referencing Bend It Like Beckham, referencing the director's previous work. Right is significant this guy's named benjamin lee um and you know i'm i understand the position of it didn't make me feel good it but i knew it was about being feeling good but i can't say that so there's at least three spots in the movie where i legitimately personally feel good oh yeah you know the the song and dance taking place in the uh, market, yeah, the retail made center, me right. feel good. Mm-hmm. That absolutely made me feel good for sure. As soon as he started to sing and she started to respond, and it didn't turn into a musical, mm-hmm. my heart swelled. Yeah, the moment with the next door neighbor; those moments are very powerful. Um, yeah, but the question about format is a legitimate question. Right. It is a not taking the format into any new directions. Yeah, it's it's stuck with the same formatting. But my main question is: Does is this a movie that do you have to feel good watching this film? Because I don't think you're supposed to. I don't think you're supposed to feel good the entire time. Whereas bringing up Sing Street that I watched last night in preparation right. for today, man, there's so many times in that film. Every time they sing a song, you're like, "Oh, I feel pretty. I feel pretty good. Like I feel like I am on this music high with the with the musicians in this in this film. Uh, and it's supposed to feel that way. I mean, I remember when I first saw this trailer for blinded by the light i think i immediately leaned over to you and i th- is this directed by john carney yeah, who right. directed sing street because it had very similar vibes mm-hmm. they just went very different directions with uh how they're in interacting with music yeah i think and i think that's a good point and the movie the, what may be the issue is and we'll get to this is the last scene is problematic for both of us right and that may be the place where that feel good needed to land for that particular reviewer right right like right. had that landed in a different way, maybe it would have been different. Yeah, it just didn't stick the landing, um, maybe. All right, what, what's next on our list? Um, share one resource we can suggest to put film in context. <laughs> you can go ahead and do this. I think we're, we'd probably both say Empire Podcast. The Empire Podcast's uh, interviews on this, Ben does the interviews about this, and their review, ultimately, which is a really fair review, mm. is are excellent. Um, so I would say, number one, that's a, a place to go yeah. to put this movie in context. But... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, and it bleeds into the next thing I'm going to talk about, cool. that you definitively want to go watch some other films that deal with the issues of coming of age. I right. think you have to find something that deals with uh, the Thatcher area. There's a movie about Margaret Thatcher that, that's mm-hmm. probably worth watching if you want to get context for this. Right. For, for me, I grew up in that time. I know what I felt like 
about those political uh, yeah. issues and events. Um, but I know you didn't live in that. No, I have Margaret no, Thatcher's I, not in the forefront yeah. of your head. No, I never think about Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, right. <laughs> she never comes to mind. And, and probably for the best. And so the thing is, like you, you when you watched it, you were being informed by the film about uh-huh. Margaret Thatcher. Mm. I was being informed by my knowledge of British punk of the time and Thatcher. My response to the film uh, politically was, did this really happen? And how is it repeating today? Yeah. You know, because it was very relevant, not just with Brexit, but with the uh, white supremacy that's happening in the United States. Well, and in Britain today, too. Right. I mean, that same thing's happening yeah. globally. And yeah, yeah, I think that that's right. And and that's what the, I, you know, intentional or unintentional, I think there is a lot of intention mm-hmm. there that the movie's trying to say. Um, and so I would say, go back and, and find a film about that or find a, yeah. a documentary about that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that you want to learn about the National Front. Right. That organization is complex and interesting and very reminiscent of today. And there right. are movies that you can see that deal with that. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, that bleeds right into how did research affect our hot take, right? Um, I mean, it just, it just really, I, th- I would say, opened up the, uh, a wider understanding of what went into making the film, the, the thought process behind um, the piecing together of the story and... Uh, it just, yeah, you know, a research just really is there to broaden your mind on the background, right? Um, it honestly, it made me like the film more. I want to come on and say, I think I was saying it was six and a half to a seven. And now I feel like that's far too low. And I want to boost my rating to like an eight and a half. Yeah. I, almost to a nine. I, and to we're, we're going to get to that at the end. Yeah. But I feel the same way. Um, a couple of other movies I might suggest in the frame of reference of mm-hmm. this. There's this foreign film a foreign film, international film, called The Official Story from 89. Okay. It's a really interesting story, and part of the reason is because it's definitively from another perspective about the effects of sort of the, the fascist control of a state. Right. Um, and I would also say this movie is interesting to see in reference to a movie like V for Vendetta. Um, v for Vendetta mm. is full of poetry. It's full of dance. It's right. full of music. It um, is very much about the uh, a, a Britain that's echoing the Britain of this world. Right. Like it's speaking to that same time period. It's a response to that. I mean, right. Vendetta is from, is, is a comic from that, uh, responding right. to that period. And seeing that uh, is it would be an interesting comparison to sort of see how the individual character finding themselves yeah, uh, sure. would be there. And then from a coming of age perspective, you mentioned a couple and I think they're worth hitting. I, I think you can't, if you're talking about coming of age films and you want to understand how this fits in that, you can't not watch Stand By Me. Yeah. Um, and you said... Uh, uh, my first thought, my go-to... I, uh, we mentioned a lot of just 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, films, right? Uh, because, and especially since this takes place in 1987, exactly. the, they're going to pull from the tropes from the 80s, which to me was like the pinnacle of coming-of-age films, mm-hmm. especially with John Hughes directing Ferris Bueller's Day over Off, and over and over Breakfast again. Club, 16 Candles, um, whether you like those films or not, uh, they maybe they're a little too comedic or childish for you, but they are truly um through and through coming of age films mm-hmm. that have that have set the tone for today's cinema and today's coming of age films right yeah i think the, the other one i would say is a movie called breaking away which uses bicycles in place of springsteen to do the uh-huh. same work gotcha yeah um and it, it's interesting to sort of put those things in perspective but anyway that's that's a cool. little bit of, of that uh what images stayed with you what, what is like one thing that you're like i loved this moment yeah the dance in the mm-hmm. market 
uh, cool. completely stuck with me. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought about the quality of the filmmaking. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, yeah. And um, the other image is the, uh, the, the punching of the family in the, uh, uh, at the, the national front this, rally. Right. Right. Cool. Um, the one that stayed with me was them breaking into the, uh, little record room, yeah. the, uh, audio room and, and putting on, uh, the Springsteen record and then going throughout town and just living life and having fun. Right. Uh, and the scene that that felt like it was calling back and you haven't seen this movie and you have, <laughs> I'm going to call you out on the podcast. You have vowed to never watch this movie because you've gone your whole life oh, yeah, so well, far without it is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, never gonna do uh, it. There's an amazing scene in that film where, uh, Annie Dufresne breaks into the, uh, the warden's office and, uh, he puts on Mozart. I believe it's Mozart. And for a moment, everything in the prison stops um, and everybody is set free by this uh, this this classical music. I don't know if it was Mozart. It might have been somebody else. But uh, they, they feel set free by this music. And the same thing happens in Blinded by the Light. Every, not, maybe not everybody, but at least Javed, Eliza, and, and Roops all feel liberated. Um, and that's a Ferris Bueller reference too, right? That scene right. is really clearly that right. freedom that happens when the kids get to the city and Ferris Bueller's yeah. up and they enter the parade. Right. They're not stuck in the prison that is school, right? right exactly. Yeah, and and, and they're, they know it then, right? Yeah. And we have music that comes there and it's Beatles, right? Yeah. Like there's this reference to music that, is, that isn't of their time, but right. that goes from some larger space. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, that, 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 their images. The, uh, I, I can't, there's tons of images I think in here mm -hmm. that really stand the test of uh, my distance from the film. Right, right, absolutely. Um, do you want me to talk about Sing Street for a minute? Uh, yeah, you do you have do, a, that. do you have a movie that that uh, I mean, our next segment is really name a movie that does this. What what this movie did better or worse? Right. I don't know if you have a film. I deliberately I've, watched Sing Street and, last so you night. You talk about it, and I'll talk about the um, ones I have after. Okay, cool. Yeah, so to, to be brief, Sing Street takes place in 1985 in Dublin, just across the 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 pond, the smaller pond, not the big uh, right, pond between the, the U.S. and England, but uh, the small channel between uh, Ireland and England, and loads of people are moving to London for opportunity, even though there's still little work there. Right. Um, and it's pretty much a kid wants to escape his current crappy living situation, uh, a kid who's not connected to his father or to his parents all that much, right. who doesn't feel necessarily very loved by his parents, uh, to pursue his dreams far from home, away from his home life, from his crappy little existence in Ireland. Uh, and he does that by burying his head in music. And the difference is that he's writing this music and singing this music rather than reacting to... Bruce Springsteen or a specific band. He's being influenced by bands like Depeche Mode and Duran Duran and, and, and that sort of thing. But um, the movies are very similar and very different at the same time. I want to say that they both did what they did very well. Uh, and so I have a hard time comparing them and saying one is better or worse. I, I want to say if you're a musician, you're probably going to like Sing Street more. Um, I'm going to say if you're not a Bruce Springsteen fan that you might like Sing Street sing street more but if you're neither a springsteen fan or a musician you can enjoy both movies a heck of a lot so great i'm, I'm yeah. going to mention two films cool. and uh 
it's weird because talking holistically is hard, right? And that's what you were just struggling with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say the first one is going to be a surprise to my wife is Dirty Dancing. I think this film <laughs> uh, yeah, is yeah. really r- linked to the Dirty Dancing ethos, mm. right to the end speech at the end. Right. Music is the transformative act. Music and dance in the end is transformative for the main character. Yeah. Coming from a third party who might be sort of thuggish, right? Who might be tough, right. who then turns into this other thing and there is a much clearer relationship building there, right? It's a romantic film, which this does not do that in the same way. But you can't look at that scene in the marketplace without seeing the end of Dirty Dancing and Mm -hmm. maybe reaching out and moving back to the stage and joining this moment of the the main character literally singing to to her uh, that they've had the time of their life and they are about to. And it's just, to me, there's something very reminiscent about the two films. Yeah. And I think Dirty Dancing um, does that end sequence better. I think so too. I think that Dirty Dancing doesn't do the rest of the story as well because it gets lost in soap opera because it's a romantic film at the the first uh, part of that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think it's and this is what we struggled with, right? Was the this whole stage ending, um, and we've seen this a number of times in films. And we were talking briefly before we started TV re- shows, recording, it's all right? And it's always like the first film that came to mind while I was watching Blinded by the Light was Billy Madison. And I was like, I don't want to think about <laughs> a dopey Adam Sandler right now, um, and it just felt too reminiscent of that. I believe in that film there was like a debate or something mm-hmm. happening. Um, and you're right. Dirty Dancing is the same sort of thing. It ends on stage, and oh, it's ending in a performance where they, where the main character is trying to um, make somebody proud and make somebody realize that what well, they're doing is is okay, and you 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 need to let them have freedom to do whatever they're doing in their performance. And the pride transformation is almost magically quick. That's why he Dirty so Dancing fast. comes to mind. Yeah, like the father's literally like. He is dead yeah. set against all of us, and now he's like, "No, no, yeah. my daughter's dancing. I'll dance too." And <laughs> right. There's this right. transfer, and I think the wife relationship. I mean, I think there's so much about that family that is reminiscent of uh, th- this family and this yeah. story. The other movie that's going to sound super weird is an old <laughs> film, and that's Fame, um, which seen is it. so famous. Uh, it's a musical, um, okay. and the movie is about the New York school for performing arts gotcha it's a very gritty earthy movie it mm-hmm. deals with race it deals with class it deals with all of those things um it's much more a school-based movie than family-based movie right. but it is about the discovery of yourself through music and these characters all sort of grow in some profound way uh, through music it's a far less political film okay yeah um, and it's it is a coming-of-age movie in yeah. the same way but it does have the racial component that we don't see in Dirty Dancing. So for me, there were two films mm-hmm. that I thought, and I think Fame doesn't do it as well, mm-hmm. right? And Bend It Like Beckham actually probably maybe does this better um, yeah. in some ways as the... I haven't, I haven't seen Bend It Like Beckham either. Yeah, it's worth watching. Um, but, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah, there's loads of movies that end on stage. Sing Street pretty much ended on stage other than the final image of the scene, um, which I won't spoil for anybody. Um, and I'm thinking now School of Rock, even though I haven't seen no, School, School of, of Rock, Rock in quite a while, yeah. but no. it's very similar... Uh, beats and structure, I'm sure, with, you know, kids' families, family life, even Jack Black's own personal life at home outside of school. Um, well, it's his coming-of-age film, It's right? his coming-of-age like, film. As really a, like a 30-year-old guy, yeah. it's his coming-of-age film. And it's appropriate the... for when it's made, right? Because right. that movie's it, adult adolescence is a it, thing right. in that time. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, cool. Yeah, I agree with all that. Okay, good. Yeah, so there's some things that uh, I think did it better or worse. And I think we can also say that you know, there are movies that use uh, 
uh, music in ways that are stronger. Mm -hmm. We certainly could talk about even a thing like Bohemian Rhapsody right. or Rocket Man this year that may have some hits that are better. It's a big year for music films. Really I mean, we decided to see this over yesterday. Um, and I've, right. I've heard in the reviews that I'm reading, like people are like, you should have seen yesterday instead, or this was way better than yesterday. Like it just depends on where you're coming from. Maybe it's just because you're more of a Beatles fan or more of a Springsteen fan. I don't know. Yeah, the big danger with all of this before we sort of cut to the end is nostalgia. Nostalgia is uh -huh. not the best tool for us to be making right. films around. Right. And we have this rush of musical nostalgia films. Yeah. And this film, no matter how solid it is as a piece of filmmaking, you cannot deny it's about nostalgia. Right. And that's the one thing I really like about Sing Street, Sing Street is that all of the music in that film is original there music written for the film. And they're not making you rely on they're not they're not having you rely on nostalgia um other than the 80s tones and the 80s right. vibes mm -hmm. so would you still recommend this movie and does your rating change at all so my recommendation is you can see it in a theater or not it doesn't matter to me i think mm -hmm. you should see the movie i recommend seeing it yeah but unlike stuff we've seen in the past i don't care as much if you go to a theater yeah sorry amc uh <laughs> sorry regal whoever <laughs> Um, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I do continue to recommend it. My rating has changed though. I spent almost an hour talking uh -huh. about this movie with my wife yesterday really? and during that conversation, which ended up being far more political than anything we talked about here at all. I just became more and more impressed by the level of detail in the movie. There's so much cultural detail. There's so many informative actions that make us not yeah need to be told what's going on in the story we see it or we hear it or we experience it in music right. whatever and that craft really impressed me so i don't i still think bennett like beckham's probably a better film across the board i probably rate this now in the eight range okay yeah uh i'm probably somewhere like i said earlier in the eight and a half range now uh, bumping up a full point or more um eight and a half to nine i I really enjoyed this film more afterwards after listening to some reviews and listening to some interviews and uh, just just hearing more about it and how they made it and, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend, like you said, like doesn't matter whether you're seeing it in the theater or not. I think you, you're going to enjoy this film with some popcorn on your couch just as much as some popcorn in the theater. Uh, the only benefit to the theater is the larger screen and the better sound system. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you're really a Springsteen fan and you want the full uh, feeling of his music kind of rushing over you, then I would say see it in theater. But if you if you don't care, then you're going to enjoy it at home. And I think that's a great point. And with sound bars, you can get pretty good sound yeah. at home these days. But, yeah. you know, our audience was great, I thought, in yeah, that oh, theater yeah. that night. And yep. sometimes the honor of a movie about someone you have that kind of care for being in a room with Springsteen's fans, it plays, I think. Right. And it's a good experience. Right. Great. Good. So, uh, listen, why don't we wrap up? So, we, yeah. we really care about hearing from you folks. And so, what we want to say first and foremost is we need your support on Apple iTunes. We're on a pile of different podcasting platforms, but we really need your support. That means subscribing to our uh, podcast on iTunes, and we have some new ways you can do that, and also leaving us a review. We push that idea of a five-star review, and we have a pile of five-star reviews already, but we also need your feedback there. And that feedback helps other people choose 
if they want to listen to us or not. And so you might want to write this week about the new format we're working with and give us a review about how things are now at episode 16 or 15 than, uh, than wow, they have been in the past. Yeah, it's already. a lot. We're a lot of movies. Wow, that's um, awesome. Um, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation on social media or contact us on social media. You can leave those comments and replies there. Let us know your feedback there as well, although we do push iTunes. Uh, so social media, you can find us on Twitter at PodFocus, on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching uh, Racking Focus Podcast on Facebook. Uh, and lastly, you can email us and get in contact with us and a- ask us questions and all those sorts of things uh, at rackingfocuspod at gmail.com. We want you to be a part of this experience with us. Uh, and so please find us, follow us, subscribe to us, and uh, join in the conversation there. And we know we're just rattling off so many different ways of communicating with us. And some of it's communication we want for others, like Apple iTunes reviews, and some of it's for us to to work on the actual podcast in episodes. And that's what Josiah was just talking about. And we found a way to sort of bind that all together. And so we've uh, built a website. It's rackingfocuspodcast.com. Go check it out. You can watch uh, our previous episodes, uh, or you can listen to our episodes mm-hmm. there off of our Anchor FM feed. Yep. And there's links to the Apple podcast so you can subscribe along with tons of other stuff. What else is on yeah, there? Uh, the, the big thing that we would love for you guys to do is join us on our private Facebook community. Uh, there is a link to that, uh, to that Facebook group uh, in, in the homepage of the website. So go to rackingfocus.com, uh, rackingfocus, podcast. rackingfocuspodcast.com. Scroll down a little bit and you can you can click on the link to join the uh, Facebook community. And that's just a place uh, where we're going to be in deeper discussion with you guys about not just the movies we're seeing in theaters, but about movies we're watching on a regular basis just in our homes throughout uh, the course of a week. And so you can also find on the webpage information about from us we have a blog that we're posting there so written text uh that we uh, have said about things i have a couple of ideas of things i'll be writing josiah's written some stuff i've written you know we've gone back and forth with that we're going to put that out there for you to read and we also have upcoming lists of movies so if you want to see the movie we're going to see next it's right on the, the main landing page you can just scroll down and see what the next four films we're going to watch are yep. so there's tons of information there all in one place rackingfocuspodcast.com Cool. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week for the Racking Focus podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.